We will now have our first message today by Mr. Steve Andrews, entitled, Two Kingdom Parables. Well, greetings to all. I don't usually have this position, but I'm thankful to bring something today that <clears throat> is kind of interesting. Jesus, I'm going to move this thing up just a tad here. Jesus' commission, when he came to this earth after he had withstood Satan, he began to preach the gospel, the good news. And what he did was he said, repent. First thing, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We look in Luke 4, chapter, and we find that there were Several things that he read out of the book of Isaiah. He was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so we have all of those things that Jesus did and were recorded. It's very interesting. In many instances, he spoke in parables. And a lot of times, he would tell the disciples exactly what that parable was about. He said, for some, it was not given that they should understand those parables, but for you, it was given. But it is interesting that in some of the parables there is not a a lot of explanation because I think there is a warning there along with the fact that the parable um, is a little bit hidden even to us. When Jesus went and began to preach the famous Olivet Prophecy, most of us probably start at, at, at number 51, 20, chapter 24 and 1 through 51, and we probably stop there and we think, all right, this is all over. But if you realize that he continues to preach on, beginning in chapter 25, and for another 46 verses, he, he then expands on this particular prophecy. Nothing stops, he continues to preach. And so this is a continuation of that, of that Olivet Prophecy. And it's very interesting, these two parables that are part of this Olivet Prophecy. And if you're expecting me to give you 100% understanding, especially of this first one, I will, not, I will tell you right up front that I probably will not. I will give you some ideas and some thoughts and and what, um, what it looks like here in the wording and how I think it applies to what he just got through saying. Because I think the two parables that are coming up are two warning parables to those that might come along and read these. He said, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins. Now, in the Bible, the virgins are... Uh, like we normally understand virgins to be, but also 
righteousness. Virgins are righteous. And in the book of Revelation, there are those that, are, that come into the kingdom that are, are, are virgins, are righteous. And so we have ten of those virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. It's very interesting. I was looking that up because I was thinking, lamps, we all think of, <laughs> when we look at lamps, we think of these things that we can turn a button on and it comes on, or flashlight we can turn. Well, they didn't have that kind of a thing back then. They actually had clay pots, and within that pot, they would have uh, an area where they could put oil in, and then they would have a small area where they would drop a wick in there, and the oil was, and I looked it up, they said it was the Herodian oil, Herodian olive oil, for this particular time uh, of, in history. For those who have, you know, historians, that's how they, they came up with it. So, Herodian olive oil was, was being used. So, we have the pots, we have the, the oil that was being used. So, we have, now, we find out that five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. It's interesting, in, in, in biblical numbers, ten is another one of those perfection numbers. The perfection number in this particular one, I, from what I could read, was on the, the solemn occasions of perfection. Well, Jesus said they split in half, five and five. Five were wise and five were foolish. Here we realize these were righteous. These had already made it. In other words, they were not made it, but they were were ready for the bridegroom. They were looking for the bridegroom. They were, uh, they were ready. But now we find out we have five wise and five foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And so the, these vessels actually were kind of a round vessel with a long lip and and the end was where the, the wick went, and the, the front end is where the oil went. So the wise virgins actually poured all of their oil in, had their, their vessels full of oil. The foolish ones went without the oil. The vessel was empty. And this is quite interesting to think about. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. So the idea is that maybe the foolish were thinking that he was going to come while it was still dawn, still light, still able to see. But the wise, who had their oil, were ready for any, any instance, anything that might come up. So they were, they were ready. So, and at midnight, so it was, <clears throat> and they slept. They got tired, and so they slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go you and meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And so they were, they were getting them ready. And the foolish said to the wise, 
give us your oil. Oh, give us your oil. For our lamps are gone out. Maybe they had a little bit in the bottom and they, they weren't going to last and they were going to get lost or something was going to happen. And they wanted some more oil so that they could go. But the wise answer is saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go you, rather, to them that sell and buy for yourselves. This is an event, the greatest event. And they're not prepared. The foolish are not prepared. Not ready for this event to happen. And yet the wise are ready for the event. They're trimming their lamps. They have enough oil. They're going to make it. And I'm assuming that they were excited about it because they did hear that the bridegroom was ready. And so, while the foolish went to buy, the, uh, buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And it's very interesting, and I think I brought this out once before, that, that this is something that was definitely a, an event that happened in that particular time of Jesus. And that's the reason why he used these kind of parables. He used agriculture, the seed in different ways, the sheep and the goats and different things. He used parables that these people would understand, and yet not with full understanding, and not being able to fully comprehend, but yet he was bringing the kingdom of God on their level. And so we need to be able to discern. Maybe I, haven't given, I won't be able to give you all of it today. You, you may be able to go back in there and look at some more uh, wonderful de depth of this, this particular parable. But it is a warning, isn't it? It's a warning for us to be ready. <coughs> we don't want to come to the point where the door is shut on us. And he says, afterward came also other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say to you, I know you not. He says, watch you therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. Remember, he laid the groundwork in, in what we call chapter 24 of Matthew. He laid the groundwork for all of the various things that were going to, to, to happen, uh, all the events that were going to happen on the earth. And, and even laid the gr groundwork and told them that as in the days of Noah, they would be eating and drinking, and the flood came, and they knew it not. So just as is in the days of Noah, these times. And so he's continuing on with a warning, and using a parable to do that warning. And so he, then he says, watch, be, if you want to use the, the vernacular here of what Jesus used, be the wise virgin, be ready, have your lamp full of oil. Be close to God. Be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Be ready at, at any time. We all know that our lives are finite. And I think that's another thing that we, we can glean from this. We don't know, thankfully, the day of our passing. We, we, but we want we want to be there, don't we? So, 
If we slept before he came, then we want to be resurrected. We want to be one of the wise ones that's ready when he comes. So you may glean some more out of that. You may have some other thoughts, some other ideas, and that's, that's very good. So let's go on to the second one here. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and another one, and to every man according to his several abilities, and immediately took his journey. And then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Likewise, he that received two also gained other two. But he that received one went and dug it in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, after a long time, the Lord of those servants come and reckoned with them. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me to five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And so he went out and he gained um, with his talent, whatever he had, whatever his abilities were, he gained on the, the five talents that he was given. And his Lord blessed him with that. He said, well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter you into the joy of your Lord. Now, if we take this into the kingdom of God, and we, we have done the things that God wants us to do, and we, sometimes we don't even know what our talents are, or, or our abilities, but we allow the Holy Spirit to kind of direct our lives and, and help us to understand where, where we fit into God's plan and his, where He's taking us. We want the day to come in which He says, Enter you into the joy of the Lord. Enter you into my kingdom, into my joy. He also that received two talents came and said, Lord, you deliver me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter you, enter you into the joy of your Lord. And it is interesting, the only one that has a problem, that Jesus has a problem with, that this Lord uh, has a problem with, is the one that doesn't do anything with what Jesus has given him, or what the Master has given him. He said, his Lord, uh, uh, and also, let's see, where are we at? And then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered. And I was afraid and went your ta hid your talent in the earth. Lo, there you have that is, your, that is yours. So he took what, he, what was given him and did not use it. Did not take the blessing of the talent that was given him. Uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to understand exactly the talents that we have, but, but there is something that God is giving us. 
there's some blessing that he has given us, some talent that we can use, some abilities that we can use. We just need to ask God, what is it? What, what do you want me to do? No matter how old we are, no matter what position we are, just ask God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to serve you? How do you want me to serve you? So that we come into the kingdom and he says, well done. Come into the joy of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. We find that at this particular instance, this man here who buried this talent in the earth, his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I not uh, scattered. You ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then my coming I should have received my own in usury. So no matter what the talent is, you need to, to do something with it. And be, even if it is a matter of building some, uh, some equity onto that one talent. And this is interesting in that they take, therefore, the talent from him and give it to him which has ten. For everyone that has shall be given it, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has. Cast you the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so we, we see how important it is that, one, I think when we first come into this truth, when we first come into the way of life that God has given us, we are, first of all, searching to, to understand, aren't we? God's opened our mind. He's opened our, our thoughts, our, our ability to, to see God's Word. And so we have that process in which we are growing and, 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 and learning and trying to understand that the way that God wants us to live. And we do that. We come and we, we learn and we, we try to live that life. We try to live that life. Like the parable of seeds, sometimes trials, tribulations, different things come upon us. And I think that's where the endurance, the the strength of God's Holy Spirit within inside of us, the determination to keep this way no matter what the outside is going to, to bring upon us. Those are the important things in our life. Those are the things that we, we look back on. How did I come to this position in my life? How, I, how many years have I lived this? Have I been serving God? Have I been able to, to serve Him? Have I been able to put my my life in service to, to God in the way that He would want me to? And we can only do that if we ask God to show us what's, what He wants us to do with our life, how He wants us to serve. Sometimes it's greeting, prayer, visiting. Things that we're going to show here in a minute are important. Because Jesus makes some some specifics for us and helps us to understand. So, we're going to go ahead and go on because Jesus is continuing this Olivet prophecy, continuing these thoughts, these, these things that he wants them to understand. 
Cast that unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall be gathered all nations. He shall separate them one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He shall set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on His left. And then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come you, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's us, brethren. I want you to be positive about this today. I don't want it to be a negative thing. I, I, I like this positive. Now, I know there's going to be the little negative here that's coming because Jesus does warn. But I, this is the positive. He, we're on the right hand. Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared from you from the foundation of the world. Hold that into your heart. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we you hungry, and fed you, or thirsty, and gave you a drink? When saw you... Uh, when, when saw we you a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you? Or when saw we you sick or in the prison and came to you? And the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say to you, inasmuch as you have done it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. And so he, he lays out some of the things that we can do. If we have a talent in those particular areas, use that talent. Be able to, to reach out. Uh, from my own perspective, one of the most difficult things to do is prison ministry. I mean, it's just really difficult to go out and to preach to, to those in the prisons. Even if they've been studying this word and know the truth, they are living in a, in a satanic environment. Prisons should never exist. They didn't exist in God's kingdom. He either, they, either had to, they either had to return what they stole or they died because of adultery or murder or any of those. They didn't have a choice. Now, they could go to the, after a, a heinous crime, they could go to the city of refuge because God put some of those up. And then they would put, be put before the judges and then the judges would make the decision. But if they were found guilty, they were, they were still, they were stoned because of their guilt. But they did have a chance to find, to find a place to go. And so, any of those things we, we see that we could, we could do, God will bless us. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to pick it back up here. When saw you when sick or in a prison and came, the king shall, shall answer and say to them, Verily I say to you, as much as you have done it as the least of these my brethren, you have done it to me. Then shall you say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no meat thirsty and you gave me no drink I was a stranger and you took me not in naked and you clothed me not sick and in prison and you visited me not then shall they 
They also answered him, saying, Lord, when saw we you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister you? And then shall he answer and say unto thee, Very I say unto you, as much as you did not um, to one of these least, you did it to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. And so we, we see at the end of this Olivet Prophecy, it didn't end in chapter 24. It actually ends at um, the end of chapter 26, because verse, I mean chapter 20, 25. And it says here in chapter 26, it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, and, and then you have two days to the, to the feast of Passover. And so that was the beginning of the last days of Jesus' ministry. We know, and I'm just going to jump over here because I've got about a couple minutes here. I want to take just a couple minutes, and I didn't give this to Brian, but I want, I, I want, to, I want you to understand how wonderful the kingdom is going to be. Because I read this a lot, but I want you to keep this in your mind, keep this in your heart, because it's important that we feel like we're a part of this. Jesus is teaching us. Jesus is showing us. He, the Olivet Prophecy laid out the thing. But in Isaiah, the second chapter, we are laid out in just a few verses the true kingdom of God and what God is going to be doing. Because He's going to take sovereignty over everything. It shall come to pass in the last days, verse 2, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall it be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. And so we know that what's going to be left will be nations, and there will be kingdoms, and there will be uh, uh, rulership. Remember, we are going to have the opportunity to rule. Many people shall go and say, Come you, and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God, of Jacob. <clears throat> he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And so we'll be teaching along with that. So if we heed what, what Jesus has taught us, we, we know that we'll have opportunities to rule, maybe a, a city or two or something, based on the things that we have, the talents that he, we have, and maybe grow in, in, in those different talents in the kingdom and be able to reach out to many people. He shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So what, <clears throat> what we find is Jesus' commission to preach the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. And we see throughout the Bible the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. And no matter how many trials and tribulations and no many, how many things come upon us, if we keep that in our heart, we keep that in our mind that one of these days, the kingdom of God is going to be here on this earth. We are going to be a part of that kingdom. We are going to serve in that kingdom. It is something to greatly look forward to, brethren, and be a part of.